Are you a classroom teacher or former teacher looking to make the leap into the world of online business? In this episode of the Teachers Who Quit podcast, I speak with Stephanie M., a successful teacher turned TPT power seller. Stephanie shares her personal journey of how she made the transition from traditional teaching to building a successful online teaching business on Teachers Pay Teachers, now called TPT. We discuss the challenges and opportunities of becoming a TPT seller, and Stephanie provides valuable tips and advice for anyone looking to follow in her footsteps. Stephanie worked as a math teacher for over 10 years in New York City, working primarily with students diagnosed with learning disabilities as she is a licensed special education educator. She grew tired of not finding effective and accessible resources for her students, so she created Algebra Made Simple to fill the gap. Her goal is to provide math teachers with quality instructional resources that will not only save them time, but will increase their students' engagement and confidence in math. Tune in to learn how to make the leap and build a successful online teaching business. You can actually get started today with a word from our sponsor. Are you a teacher or former teacher looking for high quality digital teaching resources at an affordable price? Look no further than Creative Fabrica's Teacher Club Card. For just $2.99 a year, you'll get access to over 10,000 digital teaching resources with no obligations and the ability to cancel at any time. Plus, you can download up to five resources per week for a total of 260 per year. And the best part, 100% of subscription fees are paid directly to teachers. Sign up for Creative Fabrica's Teacher Club Card for $2.99 for the year using the link in the description and show notes today and support your fellow educators and former educators. Welcome to the Teachers Who Quit podcast, the number one podcast for teachers who quit or really want to. And I'm your host, Tierney, your ex-teacher bestie. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the show, Stephanie. I am so excited to have you on the Teachers Who Quit podcast, and I'd love it if you would kick us off by just introducing yourself. Hi, everyone. My name is Stephanie Marrero. I've been in education a little bit over 10 years. I joined the New York City Teaching Fellows, which is similar to Teach for America, but is grounded um, in, in New York City. Um, I was a special education teacher in New York City for over 10 years, and then I moved down to Florida, and I was here in the education system for a couple months before I decided to officially step away from the classroom. Yes, very cool. Love the New York City Teaching Fellows. Um, I met someone else online as well um, who did that program, and they were comparing it to Teach for America as well because that's what I did. And so very, very, very cool. Um, So what brought you to education? Like, I see that you went to St. Louis University, got your BA in 2012, then you went to Hunter College School of Education for your master's. Like, when you were at St. Lawrence, did you study education? I did not. I was a political science government major. Um, and the goal was always to go to law school. And I did get into law school. Um, but during that last year of my college, my father actually got sick. 
And I wanted to be very close to New York City um, because that's where he was getting his cancer treatment. So I decided to kind of do a, a whole shift in my plan and my journey. And I applied to the New York City Teaching Fellows and just out of a whim and I got in. So I was like, why not? Let me just go back to teaching. I always wanted to somehow give back to my community. I'm originally from Washington Heights. Um, that's like in the upper section of Manhattan in New York. So I was like, let me let me get into education. Let me see what this is about. And I feel like I had kind of like a, like most people had kind of like a distorted vision of what it would be the day to day as a teacher. Um, not saying that it was a rude awakening, but it was very different than what I had expected. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you on that one hundred percent. It was definitely an experience on my part too, um, and it's funny that you mentioned that. Um, you were in Washington High, specifically um, the Bronx area when you were doing your NYC teaching fellowship because um, New York has a very special place in my soul. So I also did not study education in college and had no plans of doing anything with education. But I decided to live out my dream and take my talents to New York City to be a fashion intern, not on the designer side, but on the business side of the fashion industry because my major was economics. And, and um, that was an experience. And I quickly pivoted and didn't know what I was going to pivot to, but I ended up pivoting into education. So New York is a very pivotal moment in my story. Um, I watched one too many episodes of The Hills on um, MTV and decided to become this fashion intern in that was like absolutely not but anywho um so you spent five years teaching middle school math sixth through eighth grade right mm -hmm. okay and then you said that you were also in a I did my research you were in a self-contained setting and yes. you had five years teaching algebra one both self-contained and then ICT setting now um I'm not familiar with that particular acronym. I don't know if we really have that here in Texas, but what is ICT? So it's the same thing as co-teaching. We just call it integrated co-teaching in New York City. Okay. Okay, cool. So um, you already knew um, that you wanted to be sixth through eighth grade starting out with like middle school, or is that just what the fellows kind of placed you in? Well, at the time, it's very different now because they lost a lot of funding, but when I did the fellows, they would give you a license and training in both special education and a content area. So I was the last cohort that they did that for. So I did, I do have a background now in math and special education and my license is seven through 12. And I actually decided to go back and teach at my old middle school, <laughs> which was um, an experience in itself. Uh, I loved middle school. I love high school more. <laughs> so, okay, really? Yes, I do. I mean, honestly, there's less instructional days when you teach on the secondary level in high school compared to middle school. I mean, middle school you, in New York City, you teach till June 28th. Like, it's, it's insane. Um, yeah, I just felt like I could create more meaningful relationships with my high school students. Sometimes when you're teaching the younger grades, you don't see the fruits of your label till, till maybe they visit you afterwards. Um, and I just felt more hands-on with their post-secondary goals. Like maybe I can help them with transition interviews. We're getting a job, we're getting an internship. 
maybe they can shadow someone. I just felt like I could be more hands-on and help them with that part of their journey after high school. That definitely makes sense. Um, high school is not something that I have dabbled in specifically as a teacher. I think about last year um, when they tried to return everything back to normal with the pandemic. And for me, um, that was my year of transition from teaching to being a school leader. And even though I did not teach high school, I had several days where I had to be that high school sub. And um, I was like, oh, I kind of like this. I kind of like this high school, even though, you know, my teaching experience was only elementary and middle school. I was like, oh, I might have missed out there a little bit. But yeah, teaching high school is really, really cool. I, I enjoyed working with them, even though it was for that temporary time, some of those days. Um, so I really want to hop into talking a little bit about your transition. So I want to know when was like the first time because you right, you said a little over 10 years, that's about the same time I've also been in education. What would you say was about that first moment where you were like, mm, I'm thinking I might want to transition? Yes. So the pandemic hit, right? We're teaching virtually. So I'm on my phone more than usual. I'm like on Instagram and I see a lot of different ads of different um, teacher sellers. If they sell their own courses on how to start the journey with Teachers Pay Teachers. And I was like, hmm, I've been shopping on TPT for like 10 years. Like, why not? Um, so I took a leap of faith and that course was Thriving Teacher Academy with Jillian Fernandez. Um, the course was a little bit under than $300. And within like my first month, I made that back. So I was just like, wow, like I did not know that this world existed. Um, and being part of that course, I was introduced to like a, a private Facebook group. So I started engaging with other educators and making friends and realizing quickly that people were making more than their salary. Now, to be very transparent, I'm from New York City. Teachers get paid pretty well compared to other states, but thinking about uh, pay per capita, you know, like our pay in New York City is very high, but everything else is. So um, I was thinking, am I really going to be able to surpass my salary, which at the time was 80K, which, you know, probably some teachers listening to this podcast would be like, what? Um, but yeah, uh, that's nothing in New York City. So I'll put that disclaimer out there. So I was thinking, oh my God, like people can make this amount. And I got to engage with a couple teachers that I'm still really close with now. We like talk all the time um, and hopefully are going to be meeting in person. Uh, and they said that they were able to do it within three to five years. And I was just like, oh my God, maybe I can do this. Maybe I can really take this seriously. Um, and given all the stresses and the things that were happening with the pandemic and teaching online, it was just like, it was a whole paradigm shift. I feel like if you've been in education for more than five years, maybe five to 10 years, you kind of seen the shift with all the educational jargon, all the new things that we're trying to do, all the incentives, all the programs that we're trying to do, all to meet the needs of the kids. And I kind of felt like we were falling short with meeting the needs of the teachers at the time. Um, I was in a really pretty good situation at the school that I was at. I did, I taught five years in public school and then I decided to shift into um, a charter school. And at that charter school, uh, my principal was really awesome. Like she decided to even teach during the pandemic. She's like, you guys are going through a lot. Let me see what this is about. And then she was like, oh, you guys are not lying. This is a lot. <laughs> um, so my school was pretty good, but uh, 
I still kind of had that feeling that I wanted to step away. And then at the time, my son was about like a year and a half, and I started seeing a lot of regressions. Um, his speech went away. We started seeing a lot of repetitive patterns, a lot of signs of autism. And I knew right away, I need to get out the classroom. I need to stop teaching. I need to be home. I need to be more hands-on. How can I make this happen? And I was like, I'm going to have to go hard and go ham, basically, as the kids say, with my teacher side hustle if I want to be home with my kids. And at the time, we were like, we need help. We have no one. We were we had just bought a house in New Jersey. I had no family in New Jersey. My husband had no family in New Jersey. We we're like, oh, my God, this is going to be a lot. What are we going to do? All of my family's in Florida. All of his family's in Florida. So we're like, we're going to have to sell the house and go to Florida. And that's what we did. Um, and this year, like around April or May is when I started matching my salary, my Florida salary. Not my New York salary yet hopefully in the future. Um, but I'm like, I can make this work. Like we can definitely make this work. We sold the house. We were able to get rid of a lot of our debt with that, um, with the sale of the, of the house and still purchase a home here in Florida. And I was just like, you know what? Like my kids need me home. And if I can make my own hours and still be able to work on my, on my business on the side and still engage with teachers and really help them, why not? Why not take the leap of faith? And I feel like it's becoming not 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 that it's becoming a norm, but more people are being more transparent about that shift of leaving the classroom and going into your own business, because I honestly had no idea how to do it. Like I I kind of know a little bit now, like I, I, I have an LLC, I do all of that stuff on the back end, but I'm still like trying to work out the tax stuff when I launch my website and my course. So there's still a lot of the fine print that I think I'm missing, but I will get there. <laughs> Love hearing that. So thank you, because one of the questions I was going to ask you was about that switch from kind of going, I guess, from the northeast to the southeast. I know that I saw you because obviously we follow each other on TikTok. So I had saw you recently. I, I say recently had a baby, another baby, right? Um, and I um I think you were making some videos and it was like to some trends or whatever and and you were talking about like you weren't coming back after your maternity leave or or what have you and I was like oh okay and I think that's like the first time I was like oh I need to get here on the podcast and then I remember you being you like sharing that in a video that you moved to Florida and then you were like, and I'm teaching Florida. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I saw a video where you were like, I'm resigning. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, so that kind of everything you just shared right there, put it all together for me. So, yeah. And so um, you even, you know, started talking a little bit about TPT and I would love for you to talk a little bit more about that as far as like I know you said you bought the course that kind of taught you how to do that in during the pandemic and so really is 2020 the first year that you started your TPT store um so I bought the course in November and then I started really like in December of 2022 so I just made two years on teachers pay teachers um I think it was more of a fast track um, I do kind of like to do DIY stuff, but with this, I was just like, I'm just going to buy a course 
and I'm going to make it happen because I'm not trying to watch a million YouTube videos. And there's a lot of successful TPT sellers and teacher entrepreneurs that do it that way as well. Um, I just didn't have the time because I had a, a child that was on the spectrum on the, on the time. So I wasn't able to devote that much time. Um, and I would say at the beginning, I was devoting maybe two to three hours a day at night. My husband's amazing. He would do bath time and bedtime with my son every day. Um, so that helped me a lot. Uh, so yeah, the course really kind of makes the creation process much easier because you you get access to a lot of templates. Um, the person I did the course with, Jillian Fernandez, she gives a lot of advice for marketing. I had no idea about social media at all. I didn't even have like an Instagram page for my business or anything like that. Um, so yeah, I just made about two years um, selling on Teachers Pay Teachers. And then I decided last year to also start selling on Amazon. I made like a planner, which I did not think was going to take off because it was just like an IEP planner that I would use for myself. And I'm like thinking, this is like the most simplest thing. No one's going to buy it. And then I made like $20,000 off of it. And it was like, wow. And it just, it was eye-opening because I feel like I come from a very privileged place in education. New York City has so many resources for students with learning disabilities and services. And when I started engaging with other teachers in other states and other districts, and it was just like, oh, why was I even complaining in New York City? Like, comparatively, we are good. I mean, not the, at the you know, it could still be way better, way better. But I was just like, wow, like, people were just like, I never had a resource like this. I had to do everything on my own. And I was just like, what? It didn't make sense to me at the time. And then when I came down here to Florida and started seeing how they navigate their system, I was just like, oh, yeah, we have a long way to go because this this is not okay. <laughs> yeah, 100%. So thank you for sharing on that. Um, so two years since you've had your TPT store, um, you talked about how much you were kind of able to make on it as far as you've been able to see others make on it, which has been able to kind of replace their teacher salary. Um, you said that, you know, you have already huh, been able to match the salary you were making in Florida, which I'm not really familiar with what Florida makes, but I know that, um, as you were talking about earlier, New York is definitely different, but cost of living in New York is definitely different. Whereas I'm here in Texas, right? Um, we don't have no, no teachers making no 80K unless you've been in there 25 plus. Okay. Um, so oh, hmm, that's a little bit different, but I'll so, you know, you can get a lot more of this country land out here in Texas yeah. than you can up in NYC. But anywho, so you would definitely consider TPT to be worth it for somebody. I, I would. I know that a lot of people say, you know, the market could be very saturated. But if you go into a supermarket and you go down the bread aisle, you'll find 50 brands and they're selling. So I feel like, you know, there's always going to be some type of gap that exists out there. I know myself as a math special education teacher, I wasn't really seeing a lot of resources that were effective on Teachers Pay Teachers for students that I was teaching in self-contained um, in a smaller setting. I felt that a lot of it was fluff and very cutesy, and but it, they weren't standards aligned. They weren't differentiated. They weren't scaffolded. They weren't tiered. They weren't what I needed to push my kids. So I was like, I can create that. Um, but obviously you do have to kind of make it aesthetically pleasing because as a buyer, when you're scrolling to Teachers Pay Teachers, you know, there's a certain like 
look to things, a certain thumbnail, a certain picture that you look for, a certain preview. So I think that so many teachers are so knowledgeable, so experienced, like we are professionals, but you know, oftentimes we're not treated that way. Um, and I'm sure there's somebody listening right now that's like, would my resources do well? Yes, they would. Um, obviously Teachers Pay Teachers is a marketplace, so you are gonna be paying a, a fee for hosting on their site, for selling on their site, which is another reason why I wanna start um, selling on my own website when I launch my course, because it would be a little bit more profitable. Um, but then I have to figure out sales tax and all the fine print, which I'm like, ah, but I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it. Um, yeah, I think that if you if you want to go the DIY way, you can, and there's a lot of resources out there on TikTok and YouTube. Like, there's a lot of free videos. You don't have to purchase a course, but if you want to streamline the process, um, there's so many course creators out there. And I am going to say one thing. Uh, at the beginning, like a couple years ago, when I first started thinking about this, I didn't really see a lot of uh, women of color doing the courses that I was looking at. Um, but now there are. <laughs> There are many uh, women of color teachers that are on TPT that are selling courses. I am going to shout out one. Her name is Asia from the Sassy Math Teacher. She actually has oh, a course. Oh, Asia. That's my girl. Yes. Love Asia. <laughs> Amazing. Well, I'm going to go ahead and plug her because, yes, I'm going to plug somebody who's going to be Asia. Um, yeah. So, and you know, DIY or take a course. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Asia plug. Is always approved here. Other folks, I don't know. But Asia, yeah, you can go and plug Asia. Um, so, anywho, do, 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 my question is in your store, what do you feel sells the best on TPT? Um, as a secondary seller, and specifically in the subject of math, a lot of teachers are looking for either uh, principal resources that they you can they can use whole class and then like targeted intervention resources. So I have a curriculum of guided notes that has eight units and it's for the whole year for algebra one. And I use that primarily with my students in self-contained. And then also with co-teaching, I would use it for students that were on tier two or tier three. And I found that the most helpful with them. And then teachers are also looking for digital resources that are gonna save them time and might be giving students immediate feedback, that instant feedback so that they don't have to necessarily do a lot of one-on-one -on -one with them. So a lot of my digital resources that are self-checking, whether they could use it with a Google or Microsoft, um, those sell really well as well because it's saving people time um, so that you don't have to recreate the wheel and you can focus on interventions and common misconceptions and looking at data and reteaching and all the good things that we say all the time. Yeah, right. Um, one thing that I want to circle back to that came up where you, when you were talking about buying a course um, and versus the DIY route. I have had my business now for a couple of years. And of course, at the beginning, you want to hold every coin you got tight in your hand. You don't want to invest in anything. It's almost the end of the year. I've been looking over like my books and everything. I'm like, dang, I invested in a lot of stuff that's like multiple thousands of dollars and have always given me a return on my investment. So that's yeah. the thing. It's like, like even with what I talk about, when I come online, I'm like, 
if you want to learn how to manage your class, baby, go on and Google yourself too. You can you can't Google no more. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and do it. It's yeah. gonna take you some time. It will, but you can figure it out if you want to do it that way. But the folks who come to me are folks like one. I know every second that it takes for me to Google try something and don't work out. <laughs> that's impacting the students that I'm serving. They're not receiving what they need because my class is a chaotic jungle so it's like which what do you want to pick you can pick red pill blue pill whatever pill you want to pick but it's going to come with a consequence and consequences can be good consequences can be negative when they get what they need from me and they go on their merry way and they see a result in their classroom that has saved them a lot of time so they got their ROI versus if they Googled their way to success, like you were saying, it took some people like they're saying three to five years. Mm. Well, depending on like you, you purchase a course, right? If you did handheld one-to-one coaching, that's a total different level of tier. That's not just take the course, good luck, good day, um, you know, self-paced or like it's an even different level because you said you had a Facebook community that came with the course. Mm -hmm. That's even more support versus like, again, you're doing it one-to-one and it's a coaching and that coach who has experienced success is working with you. That's a different level. And so like, I always try to articulate that to people. It's like, how quickly do you want to get there? What are you willing to invest? If you only want to invest $2, you're going to get a $2 result. If you want to invest more, and you know you have vetted that person, seen their results, seen what they've been able to do for others, it's a completely different thing. So I just wanted to hammer down on that because a lot yeah. of people, they get scared. And it's like, if you've done your research on that person and they have receipts and other people who have been able to speak to that, yeah. invest. That just like irritates me so much when people aren't You're investing it in one, at one time too. Unless you do like a monthly payment. I don't know how people, some people do their courses, but it's a one-time investment. And sometimes you're really investing in the person because a lot of people will give you a certain vibe. You know, there's some people that are really transparent and, you know, they give that vibe that they're just trying to sell you something. They're not trying to help you. You know, it's a business at the end of the day. And we can see clearly through that. Just like I used to say that my kids see BS very clearly we can see it as well. So um, you can you can tell when somebody's being very genuine and they they have the experience, they want to share, they want to help. But, you know, we're educators. We should also get paid for our time. So if you see a course and you're like wondering, is it worth it? It's worth it. Somebody put a, in a lot of time to create that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. People deserve to get paid for their time, their talent their expertise you're making a resource for somebody and you have a little over 10 years of experience that's not nothing to sneeze at plus you have a master's degree you got your bachelor's degree like all of that stuff people don't realize factors in like for me Mm. I know my services ain't for everybody and that's okay because I know when I teach somebody how to manage their class correctly it's going to work if they do it and you know if someone chooses that oh I just can't invest that's fine. You know, I'm not going to beat them over the head about it. That's mm-hmm. why I'm very also transparent on my prices. You want to go and you want to see what it's going to cost me. It's right there, baby. So you can make a decision. Do you want to move forward or do you not? And if not, it's totally understood. Um, but again, me, you know, I have just like you master's degree over 10 years of experience. I have my principal's license. It's going to cost different from someone who don't. And that's just period exactly. point blank. Um, and I think that sometimes what I, I realize too that 
schools can pay for this. If you have an LLC and you can take pay orders, like, and schools got money to pay for it. They, they might not be telling you, but the money's there. Exactly. <laughs> the money's and I there. tell people that all the time. I'm like, huh, I look at my school budget all the time. I know what coins we have. And you can tell what your school leader and what your school values by where they invest their coin. So if you come to them with a true problem and issue that they know they don't have the time or the talent to help you with, and you have found somebody who can give you that support. Mm -hmm. And one, I have found that this is my rant, but some teachers are like, they're so convinced in their mind that they're going to be told no. Are you scared of no? I'm not. I will right, reach yeah. out and I will say anything to anybody and you can tell me no and that is okay. But no, my mom used to tell me this. Nothing beats failure but a try. So yeah. ask and get the no. That's fine. At least try to advocate for yourself and your needs okay, so you can better, better yourself for your kids. Most like, likely, understand. <laughs> most likely, what you're trying to get your principal to buy is cheaper than what the district offers. Is is oh, you yeah. can get a hundred dollars that's going to teach you about something. The district is charging them a thousand. Like it's it's going to be cheaper. Yes, they have cheaper. the money, y'all. That's what I'm saying. So whatever you need, if you if you go on Stephanie's uh, TPT store or when um, her course comes out, and you're like, this can benefit me. And it can benefit um, my students. And you're like, dang, I don't have no coin to invest. Go to your principal and ask them to invest in this. You know, it's, it's really that simple. But, you know, first we have to get over the fear of being of, of doing that. But don't let your school fool you. Title one or not, because that's the only way I work. They got coin to invest yeah. um, in things that are going to benefit their st- uh, students and staff. Okay, so first Someone um, who is considering joining TPT, I know you mentioned Jillian's course. Any other resources you would recommend for them to get started? Um, I would definitely recommend Asia's course, um, Resources Made Easy, I think is what she calls it. Um, She'll walk you through the whole shebang of how to open up your store and you think about marketing and email lists. I would also say that a lot of people say the Teachers Pay Teachers is the long game. Um, remember everything is a process. Your first couple of months, you might make a couple hundred. The next year you might hit over a thousand. Everything is about consistency and making things work for you. So if you're not putting in the work and being consistent, you're not going to see that return. Um, social media is a game changer. It is free marketing. I know some people might not be as comfortable showing their face. I wasn't at the beginning, um, but TikTok was a game changer for me. So I would say, even if you're not considering opening up a TPT store or creating your own course or website or selling resources, get on social media, search those hashtags, pick a couple people that you admire and might inspire you. And you'll kind of see kind of what type of videos they make, what their strategy is. Get out there, get on social media, get comfortable (laughs) because it is part of the game. Um, I know a lot of people rely on their email lists as well. My email list does pretty good for me too, but I think a lot of my sales come from social media. And if you want to do a DIY, you can. It's just it's going to take you a little bit longer. Not saying that it's not impossible, um, but you'll find in the long run you'll start doing DIY, and then you'll be like, "Oh, I need this course for my email list. Oh, I need this course for marketing. I need this for taxes. How do I make an LLC? Wait, how do I do this?" So if you can find people that are offering you a way to streamline that process, I would say invest in it. And don't be discouraged by people telling you that you won't make money. That the the whole teachers pay teachers or teacher business, whatever it is, is oversaturated. It is and it's not. 
it depends on your, on your niche. And if you're solving a problem, you have yep. to find a gap and find a problem to solve. Why are people going to invest you, in you and buy your products? What are you helping them with? And teachers, we got a lot of problems. So I'm sure you'll find one. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of problems. Okay. Yeah. And something um, that you might think is simple. Like if you're really good at making worksheets or you're really good at talking to students or self-advocacy, something that you might think is so simple that you're like, oh, people already know how to do that. No, they don't. Nope, <laughs> no, they don't. They sure don't. There's a lot of districts out there that are not supporting teachers. There's some teachers that don't even know how to use Google Slides or like how to do X, Y, and Z on a computer or work yeah. with their email list. Like there's mm -hmm. a lot of things, a lot of skill sets that you have that you can profit from. Yeah. So you changed your username from, I believe, Sped Dreams to Algebra Made Simple. Can you tell us a little bit about that transition as we close out? Yes. So my original name for my business was Sped Dreams, and that was an LLC that was registered in New Jersey as a special education teacher. I wanted to make sure that those customers were finding me, right? Now, um, if you've been in education for a while, you know the word Sped is very controversial, depending on who you're speaking to. Um, it could be a word that has a negative connotation for students, yes, not just students, for adults living with, with disabilities as well. Um, SPED being SP special and ED being education is an acronym, um, but it has been used to, to really hurt people. Um, and I'm not in the business of hurting people. So I really also had this mindset shift with my, my brand. I worked primarily in math and I wanted a name that would be associated with math. So Algebra Made Simple is what I do. I help teach secondary teachers feel more confident to reach all their learners by implementing like differentiation strategies, which is what my course is going to be about. Um, so I decided to make that shift. And now that I'm, you know, I'm a parent of a child with special needs, I really had to dive deep and think about, is that the messaging that I want to put out there in the world? And I don't. So I decided to change it. It was a little complicated with changing the LLC and stuff. But little by little, you get things done. If you really want to get things done, you will. Um, so, yeah, that's the story behind changing Sped Dreams. It's not it's not something that I wanted to be associated with, you know. Mm -mm. No, 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 no. So I'll yeah, I understand when I school switch from saying uh, Sped to neurodiversity team instead of Sped team. Um, and, and it was kind of some of some of those reasons as well. Well, Stephanie, um, everyone can connect with you down in the description box below. That's where we're going to list all of your socials. But I have so enjoyed having this conversation with you and actually like meeting you kind of because <laughs> I like, again, I've been following you for a while and I, I barely follow me, anyone on my me. TikTok, y'all. How Stephanie was talking about TikTok changes the game for you. It really does. Like <laughs> all of my all of everyone finds me from TikTok. Nowhere else. That's why that's my platform. I love it forever and always. Um, but anywho, connect with Stephanie down in the description on her TikTok and the rest of her socials. Be on the lookout for her upcoming course. And thanks so much, Stephanie. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I really Thank you for listening to the Teachers Who Quit podcast. Keep listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Subscribe and leave us a review to get a shout out on our socials. And remember to shamelessly choose you.